and welcome to the Yuma Sun Sports Podcast. Today is Thursday, March 2nd. I'm Warner Strasbaugh, sports reporter for the Yuma Sun. Joining me is sports editor Grady Garrett. Grady, it's been, it's been a while. How's it going? It has been a while. We've, uh, we've fully transitioned into spring sports mode now. Pretty weird. Yeah, so today we're going to go a little off the cuff, which I think hopefully are our better episodes. Um, and, you know, the reason we thought today would be a good day was because we're doing our uh, unveiling of the or releasing of the Winter Sports All-Region teams. Uh, we're doing that on Twitter, so we won't give you the player-by-player breakdown of that, but you can check our Twitter, at Sports for all that info and all the articles and boxes will be coming out in the subsequent days. Um, so we thought it'd be a good time to kind of, you know, rehash winter sports with, with all region being the, the focus of that. And then, you know, kind of dive into spring sports, which are underway. Um, so yeah, we're actually releasing the, the teams live right now. Uh, it's, it's about eight fifteen. We have them scheduled for every 10 minutes. So let's, uh, let's kind of get into it. Just now that we have the all region team selected, any, uh, any takeaways from just the seasons from these sports and just maybe the surprises or or the non-surprises i guess yeah i mean it's it's always tough the all region and player of the year selections but um you know i think there was there was there were some different different schools that were uh represented i feel like with kind of some of our player of the year selections um obviously boys basketball kind of the story of the year yeah. ended up being San Luis and Gabriel Ponce who is a more known for his his baseball exploits mm-hmm. yep. but he's a heck of a basketball player as well and I think we kind of thought he would be in the conversation for uh player of the year I mean he was all region last year we thought San Luis would be a little bit more competitive this year but I think they uh that was really probably the biggest surprise of the winter sports season in my opinion yeah was san luis boys basketball i mean ended up winning the 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 6a southern yuma sub-region um they they beat sabola for the first time in school history um they beat kofa for the first time in a long time um i think they beat yuma high a couple of times they had a, a record eight school record eight wins in the regular season and um Ponce's numbers were just ri- ridiculous so yeah. I think we thought that they would be good and Ponce would be good but they uh I think he really exceeded our expectations this this winter and as well as San Luis always basketball I think that's I think that's gonna be my number one takeaway from from this uh 2016-17 winter sports season in San Luis boys basketball yeah, no, I mean, it was it was quite a story. You know, San Luis kind of on on the rise in some other sports these days. You know, they had, I guess, this year's girls' soccer team wasn't as good, but last year they had a, a pretty surprising good year. So that's that's good for them. I mean, a team, you know, a school that has mostly pretty much just been baseball and boys' soccer as far as these kind of postseason awards go. But, yeah, and you, you saw Ponce quite a few times, right, during the season? I did. I think I ended up covering them maybe five times. I might have seen San Luis Boys basketball more than any other team uh, for any sport in the winter. Um, maybe maybe one of the soccer teams, like Sapolo Boys Soccer. But, 
Yeah, no, I, I felt kind of like the uh, San Luis boys basketball beat guy for a little yeah. bit, which was unexpected. I, I'm, I'm guessing we covered San Luis boys basketball more this season than they had been covered Ever, probably. maybe? Yeah, the last three or four years combined probably. So. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they, uh, yeah, it was exciting to, to watch them watch them play. And, obviously, one uh, one thing we should mention is, is – uh, who knows how it would have turned out if uh, Michael Gaza wouldn't have gotten yeah. hurt first Ebola. Um, seeing that would have been a really, really tough choice for player of the year, I think, if, if Gaza was healthy and he was putting up the numbers that he had been putting up. And Ponce, I mean, those are two guys that were literally putting the teams on their backs. And player of the year probably would have been decided by whichever team had won the head-to-head matchups. And you never you, – they split – without Gaza so you never know how they would have done with Gaza but yeah that was uh that was it was a fun boys basketball season unexpectedly fun I yeah think. um and yeah just with Ponce I mean it's it's kind of I mean what we were I remember because we we spent a lot of time on on that that choice and it was like 30 a game basically for like the last six games right yeah no he was putting up monster numbers I think he finished the season um, their last game and their loss to Sunnyside in the in the six A Southern Region Championship game. I think he put up thirty three and eleven. I want to say. Yeah, and they only um, scored like forty five or something, right? Yeah, he yeah he was pretty pretty ridiculous. So, um, yeah he he uh, he he did his thing this year and and that's that's impressive. Yeah, and then. Um, just the other, I guess the other players of the year. Yeah, let's run, let's run through the players of the year, really. Real. So, yeah, yeah. So uh, the two Cibola guys were pretty much came in as the favorites and went away as the the runaway winners, which was Gabriel Claudio, another for Gabriel soccer, yeah, and Tommy Mommer for for wrestling from Cibola. So those ones kind of at the beginning of the season were the ones we thought would would be the favorites, and they ended up doing um, doing that, and then. On the girls' side, two Gila Ridge girls. Uh, girls soccer was Casey Wellard, and girls basketball was Hannah Weller. So um, those kind of, I guess, you know, they, they were, of course, up there as the top players, but not as much of, like, runaway favorites that we thought, that, you know, they might be like we thought with Claudio and Mommer. So I guess just of them, I mean, I guess first before we get to the, the Gila Ridge girls, just Claudio and Mommer both had, had pretty incredible – Seasons. I mean, on the wrestling side, um, Mommer won back-to-back state titles. He was one of only two uh, local kids to win a state title, which I guess I, I use only just because there were nine that were in the finals mm-hmm. and they were the only two who won. But still getting two for the city is good. And, you know, Gabriel Claudio, I mean, Cibola was for sure the best team in the area, not, not like it was uh, a year ago when it was just basically everyone was beating up on each other. I mean, they they had the edge, and Claudio was was definitely the biggest reason. Yeah, no, that was uh, those those guys definitely uh, were the leaders the leaders from start to finish. They uh, we expected them to be the best, and they they were the best. And those those were pretty easy decisions to make. I mean, Mommer Mommer obviously was an All American got All-American status back in that tournament in December, mm-hmm. um, so he kind of became the front-runner there, and like you said, I think Cibola went, what, 1-4 in, in finals, and he was the only yep. one who won, yep. so, uh, yeah, no, that, that kind of separated itself out, and, and boys' soccer was was 
we've, we've talked a little bit about how the scoring was down and it, it really was down a lot this year and there wasn't really anyone else who really stepped up to, to challenge Claudio yeah. I mean, he finished I think with 23 goals, 14 assists if yep. you count the, the non-AIA games which is a little unfair because teams like San Luis didn't play any non-AIA tournaments so, I mean I think really in terms of guys who Carlos Carrion from San Luis I think finished with with 12 goals and he had some really big goals so I think he was he was really the only one that um, that really stood out um, right. as, as a competitor for as, for as a competitor for player of the year yeah. but it's still pretty pretty big back and YC always even Catholic obviously one state they always have guys who put up big numbers I think they had Ramon Urbano put up uh, I think 28 goals and Alutario Gutierrez I think put up 22 so they had, they had a lot but that those those four guys I think might have been the only guys in the area with double digit well even Catholic had a few others but with nice double, double digit goals yeah 12 I think Gavin Nice Wonder had 12 but yeah Claudio really did kind of run away with that yeah. there but uh um, and then with with girls basketball and girls soccer. Yeah, those were the close ones. Those were the tough ones. Yeah. Um, I mean, Casey Wellard, you know, it's, it's hard to argue with 32 goals for sure. Yeah. Um, even, you know, obviously Kofa's playing at 6A and, and Healer is playing at 4A, but they still, they still all went head-to-head enough during the season. And I think that's definitely something we looked at for, for all sports, really, because now – as opposed to the previous years when they were all playing each other at the same division, you know, now now they're in separate divisions and Gila Ridge and Yuba High are playing those three Buckeye schools. So we have to kind of consider that. But, um, yeah, Casey, I mean, 32 goals, I think that's a, a school record. Yeah, no, I, I think that's that's by far. Um, and, and that's a program, Gila Ridge Girls Soccer has, has never made it to state before. They didn't this year. Um, they barely missed out, but... So they've never been, you know, necessarily the the strongest girls soccer program in the area. So I'm not not positive. But I wouldn't be surprised if this was their first ever player of the year. Um, but yeah, no, like you said, the the goals, 32 goals, is pretty pretty crazy. And um, I mean, the the moment the moment for her, because I know Michelle Fuentes from Kofa was the other one. Yeah. Who uh, and and for soccer. It's it's so much I feel like about not necessarily well for all, for all sports this is kind of true. Um, it's kind of the single game performances that kind of stand out yeah. more so than I feel like almost every player of the year that a lot of the player of the years that we've picked um, over the years there's they've had one or two moments that have really stood out and and Casey Weller was definitely um, their game against Cibola, um January 10th they were they fell behind 2-1 late and she scored twice I think in the final seven minutes to win and that was kind of the uh kind of the defining player of the year moment so Mm -hmm. the 32 goals it's obviously big number but then she also she also did it um had had the big moments as well the big goals as well but uh but yeah so that that was she kind of ran away from that and then, yeah, with girls basketball, which I know might be the most 
contentious issue among our constituents, but so I don't know how, how much you want to get into that, but Hannah Weller was the player of the year, and I think this was certainly the closest call of the five. Yeah, this was uh, – girls basketball was definitely definitely the closest call. Um, obviously, uh, Abby Jensen from COFA put up monster numbers as well. Um, she, she, had, she had better numbers overall than um, Hannah, I think. I think they ended up being at a, I think Abby ended up being 15.4 points per game, 12.6 rebounds per game, um, and Hannah was at 11.2 points per game, 5.4 rebounds per game, 2.5 steals per game, so both very good numbers. Um, Abby felt like she was a double-double every night, um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was, a, it was a tough call. But really, the, the biggest separating factor, or really what stands out about Hannah, is that she was the heart and soul of Gila Ridge's team, and Gila Ridge went 8-0 against local opponents um, for the first time in school history. Um, Sabola had been the city champ, whatever you want to call it, each of the past, ever since Gila Ridge came into existence. So. Not only had Healer Ridge never swept Cebola, but they had never finished higher than Cebola. Um, and Healer Ridge really took care of business this year, and it wasn't even really, really close. I mean, they, I think maybe only a couple of their games were decided by single digits, and they, they, they didn't really have any close calls, and they were just the, the better team. Um, and I think a lot of the other girls' basketball teams struggled or had down years or didn't have as good of years as they expected and neither Ridge really did have a good year and that's that's kinda right. that's and they made the playoffs. Too. Yeah, made the playoffs. So Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you know, some of this this is kinda it's like the Oscars, you know, we do it behind closed doors. Hopefully we don't, you know, give out the wrong the wrong envelope and have to, you know, retract our our player of the year, which I'm not, I'm not saying that's what we're doing, but I'm just I just want to be clear, you know, these are stuff that happens behind the scenes and we want to shed a little light, but I know that, that this one is a tough one, but we do look at stuff like head-to-head and common opponents and stuff like that, too. Yeah, and it, it's, always, it's always tough to talk about when we kind of have to watch what we say because you don't want to come across as being like, oh, whoever was the runner-up for player of the year, this is why they didn't get it right. and, and knock them. Obviously, they had a great season. It, it, it really is nitpicking at that point, so... You don't, you don't need to say, oh, this is why they didn't get player of the year. Just acknowledge the fact that they had a great season. They're all on, on the all-region team, and they were very much considered for player of the year. So Yeah, and I'll say that with this one. This is one we spent a long time looking over you especially, so there was, there was definitely time put, put into that decision. Um, okay, so, oh, I wanted to note real quickly on the girls' basketball all-region team, Kind of cool that San Pascal got a got a girl on there, uh, Alexis Ingraham. I just wanted to note that because you know the San Pascal and Antelope, it's it's pretty tough for them to crack these teams, and so I just thought that yeah. was kind of a, a cool little thing for them. And yeah, for well, I, I, there was a lot of parody in girls basketball this year, and I, I felt like if there was going to be a year that that, that San Pascual or someone was going to get something on the team, I mean San Pascual, I love I love the. To throw out this little stat: San Pasquale beat San Luis, who beat Kofa, who beat Cebola. Yeah. I mean, it's really 
yeah, I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean San Pasquale would have beaten, beaten uh, Swola, but I mean, if but it, it legitimizes yeah, their, it their does, claim. It a does lot legitimize more. it. If someone picks up the paper and is like, hey, who'd San Pasquale play? Why are they on this team? Well, they, they beat San Luis, and that's a team that beat Kofa. And I mean, and it's, it, yeah, I think there was a lot of, a lot of parody this year but uh gotcha okay um all right let's just touch on winter sports in general real quick and then we'll we'll get to spring so you know boys soccer is kind of the the flagship sport for us for the winter uh, and i just wanted to talk kind of about the season so obviously the last you know the, se- the season's been done for about a month now but um since we're here you know kind of talking about all region i want to just bring up a few talking points so you know the the six A teams went one and three in the playoffs. Uh, Gila Ridge, you know, they made it to the semis, um, but it was at you know at the four A level, and we kind of viewed them as on on par with the six A teams. So, do you feel like the boys' soccer season was a little bit of a letdown, maybe? Yeah, I mean, yeah, and obviously we're we're strictly talking about the. The public schools, because YC is a completely different conversation. Obviously, they they won their third straight state title. Um, but yeah, no, nah, I mean, postseason wise, I definitely think it was. I mean, I think the teams themselves and the coaches themselves would would say it was a bit of a disappointment. I mean, Cibola, there's no, there's there's nothing wrong with what they yeah, did. No, I, I mean, think, make, make I think the quarterfinals. Be... They lost in overtime to the defending state champ, Hamilton, yeah. who ended up losing to Gilbert in penalty kicks in the semifinals, and Gilbert went on to win the state championship. So, I mean, they, uh, they, they, there, there was not, no shame in Cibola's finish. But, yeah, the other three teams, I think um, they would all say that it was a little bit disappointing. I mean, San Luis, um, it was only, I think, the third time in school history that they lost in the first round. Um, they typically make it deep. I mean, they've they've made it quarterfinals, semifinals, state championship semifinals, I think, the previous four years. Um, and they obviously lost to Mesa, who was a team that they had beaten 3 nothing earlier in the season. So I think that was... That was a big disappointment. Um, that one didn't totally shock me, so to say. I mean, I'd heard that I knew Mesa was a good team, and they ended up only losing to Gilbert, one nothing. You know, like I said, was the state champ. So um, I think that was disappointing for San Luis, but I don't think it was necessarily um, anything too too bad. But uh, I think the other two, Kofa and Hilo Ridge, were the ones I was more yeah. surprised by. I mean, Kofa... Not yeah, just gave with up four goals yeah, in the first half. Not not just the fact that they lost, but the way that they lost yeah. to give up four goals and to North, who those teams in in that Phoenix, um, the real Phoenix area region, um, are usually not the strongest in sports. And I mean, that was I think that was a game that we we expected, and yeah. I think North went and on to lose like five nothing to Gilbert the right. next round or and something. And it was in Yuma too. Like yeah. it was a home game. Yeah, for so. I was I was surprised by that, but yeah. So yeah, that that I think that was a disappointment. And obviously, Heather Ridge losing one nothing, and the quarterfinals Coronado, and I think the one goal was on a penalty kick late. I yeah. Mean, uh, I think Heather Ridge definitely was a state championship caliber type of team. But good news for them is they they 
they're going to be able to be able to uh, challenge again next year. I'm assuming. So, yeah, yeah. No, they they still they had a lot of a lot of juniors on that team. Yeah, I think they I think they had eight players who made their their all region AIA all region team. And I think I want to say like five of them are juniors or something, yeah. five or six. So they'll they'll be back, but. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, and then just one other thing, um, just you know this kind of this transition. It's the first year that Smolakov and San Luis are in six A. Just you know what what did we think of their their first year at the six A level? Um, I guess I, I guess I can go first this time, but um, you know for us it was fun. I mean it, it was fun. Kofa played a, a really tough schedule. Uh, we saw we saw some six A teams during the year, which was nice because. You know, like in football, for instance, they were still playing kind of a similar schedule that they had mm-hmm. played before. But here, the schedule um, and, you know, whether it's the coaches, I think the coaches are probably largely responsible for that, but also the ADs. They, they gave themselves a tough schedule to sort of prepare themselves. So even though, you know, those playoff games in a small sample certainly were not what they wanted besides Cipolla, of course. But, you know, I just, I just thought it was fun. And I think, I, I do think that aside from, the state finish that these are all three teams that that can compete with with those top 6a schools which is something i think we thought was possible but we weren't quite sure going into the year yeah and they 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 had i mean san luis had san luis and kofa had both had success in the past at the at the highest level i mean i was i think three or four years ago when they were in it and mm-hmm. so we figured that, that they would be able to compete and yeah i mean that if you just look at the gold differentials, I mean, I think we were going in a six eight tournament. We thought someone like Brophy would would you know be head and shoulders above everyone, but I think Brophy lost in the semifinals to Tolleson, who we didn't even think was going to be yeah. that good. And I mean, like I said, Swola lost to Hamilton in overtime, who lost in PKs to Gilbert, who won state and. Mesa only lost one nothing to Gilbert, and that's who San Luis lost to. I mean, I think I, I do think they're, they're right there with with um top, with those six eight teams that can compete. And they'll be interesting to see, see next year what. Yeah. Uh, I, well, I think, think I think Cibola is going to be the team to watch next year because they won't have Claudio, and we want to you know I, I think Kofa yeah. and San Luis have, they have done this year in and year out. Cibola is kind of a, a newcomer as far as kind of the top echelon of of the local team so it'll be kind of interesting to see how, how good they are next year yeah I'm, I'm i'm curious if i mean you mentioned that that san luis and kofa have done it year in and year out and, and kofa's been a little bit hit or miss i mean they've had some years where a lot more first round exits and they've had some years where they've missed state altogether and but san luis is really the one that perennially right. has been the one that's always contended no matter what division they're in and I think the future is really bright for them. I mean, they had their past, like, three teams before this year had been super senior heavy, and this year I think they started maybe five seniors and the rest were underclassmen, several, like, freshmen and sophomores and stuff, and I think they're going to be... I, I'm, I'm kind of curious if it's going to return next year to being kind of San Luis's yeah. town and then kind of everyone else, but... I I mean I, my early prediction is I wouldn't be surprised if that's that's how it goes next yeah, I year. Either. But and Kofa's losing a ton of seniors. Yeah, Kofa's losing a ton of seniors as as well. And like you said, Claudio has been 
Zabola's offense for the past two years, yeah. and so we'll see how how they respond. And and Hewlett Ridge didn't do as well in town this year as they did last year. I mean, I think they they beat Kofa once, and they tied St. Louis and tied Zabola. Yep. So they only had one one win. And I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting to to see what what the future holds for boys soccer, but. Yeah, and then uh, I want to talk a little bit about wrestling first. Um, just kind of our, our experience covering state. You know, I did it last year, but it was kind of just a whirlwind because I only did it for the, the D1 and D2 final. So it was only about three hours. But this year I was there for two days, and, and you came along and basically hadn't really done much wrestling prior to that. I wanted to kind of get your take on the whole the whole experience of of covering a wrestling state tournament. Yeah, it was uh, it was a little hectic. I uh, I didn't know how it would work. Like, right. I mean, it's it's so weird. It's so weird having. I mean, this is the only way to do it, or else it would last twenty four hours. But uh, to have like six different matches going on at once. Right. I mean, you you envision like oh a state championship match like you they announce the guys and it. they come out and everyone's watching it and um, but now it's like there's. I mean, if you just came in and were watching, you wouldn't even know which one was the state championship match and which one was third place, fifth place, whatever. And I, so I spent about the first 30 minutes trying to figure out what the heck was going on. <laughs> but um, no, it was it was exciting. Um, it's a cool little venue up there at Prescott Valley Event Center, and it was it was exciting. Um, well, and it's crazy because we were taking photos, and the way you have to do it is you have to like stand in the middle of all the action because basically they have three mats on each side and the Yuma teams combined I mean they had almost everyone at, at a weight so that that was just kind of it's just because last year I wasn't taking photos so I was mm-hmm. kind of in the stands doing it but there you know it's like behind you is a match and if the kids are coming out of bounds they could kick you and you know in front of you is a match so mm-hmm. That just kind of added to the the hectic nature of what we were doing, I think. Yeah, and uh, I was still trying to figure out the the scoring and whatnot and and team stuff. But I mean, one one thing that I, I did notice that I wish I wish was different. It, it'd be nice if maybe there was a little bit more. Uh, I thought it was interesting how like all the team titles were like wrapped up before like the final yeah. session. Like like it'd be nice if you know. It, it was there was a little more suspense, yeah a little more basically. suspense yeah. and drama I mean there wasn't like you know re- in individual championship matches didn't really have any effect on like who was I mean it, it, would, it would be exciting if, if I mean maybe I don't, I don't know maybe it's been like that in the past where teams have been really close and it has been decided by that but like I mean Yumahai finished second Sabola yeah. finished third and either there was no drama for either of them nope. I mean it wasn't like they yeah. Oh, if we went out, we can we can yeah. win. The only, it. yeah, I mean, Yuma could have fallen out a second, but that was basically it. Yeah. And so, nothing. Yeah, I mean, both both first place teams for those two divisions were well ahead of everyone. Yeah. But no, it was it was exciting and it's it's always it's always fun at those those big venues and and big state things when when the Yuma when the Yuma kids represent well, I mean, we saw that in track a couple of years ago when I think there were seven state title winners or something from Yuma, and um, obviously wrestling 
there seemed like every 10 minutes there was there was a Yuma kid out there wrestling so uh, it was it was a cool little yeah and the crowds I mean I like wrestling is such a niche sport that it's Mm -hmm. like but the people who are into it are just so into it I think just as far as like crowd noise and stuff because you know a lot of the games we cover around here it's not besides maybe like San Luis or Kofa soccer or football obviously you know the, the crowds aren't aren't that great but at wrestling I mean it was rowdy and you get people cheering and trying to figure out which one they're cheering for but that was that that was kind of a fun atmosphere just in terms of you know feeling like it was a bigger a bigger moment than normal for us that I, I like that yeah yeah it was it was fun yeah okay any other uh oh I just wanted I didn't mention his name but I said Yuma area had two winners so besides mom or Jonathan Ruiz from from Yuma yeah. high first first one since 1996 right uh, yeah, yeah yeah and uh that was one part I enjoyed about wrestling is I'm, I'm a big historian type mm-hmm. of guy so I did I think I spent when I found out I was gonna be going to cover wrestling I think I spent all night one night going through the past like as far back as you could go through I think since like 2007 or something and I typed up every individual state champ from from Yuma, and there was from the area, and there were, it's a, it's incredible how many there are. I yeah, mean, like I mean, if you say, oh yeah, we had we had two state champs this year. I mean, there's been there's been years where there's been way more. I mean, it's it's pretty crazy how how successful the, the area has been. But yeah, I want to I want to figure out why that is. Why wrestling is so good here? Yeah, no, that's <laughs> a that's a big. It's a big... Sounds like a summer project. Yeah, a big, nice little feature. Um, any other uh, winter sports notes? Yeah, I mean, I figure, I figure we can we can wrap up the uh, the winter sports with some uh, some those those some questions out there. What uh, what was your what was your favorite game that you covered Ooh. in the winter? Um, do you have one in mind? Because I might need to think for a second. I think. Yeah. The one that first comes to mind is the Gila Ridge San Luis Part Two, <laughs> which was the it was the huge comeback game, yeah. Yeah, because that, that as far as just like a game goes, just if there is like you know some excitement metric for the way you know they do that in baseball, like a leverage mm-hmm. index of the moments, like that that was definitely the highest. Because yeah, Gila Ridge was up two nothing, and then San Luis scored three goals in like the last 12 minutes and their last one was with like a minute left and then Healer Ridge goes down gets a free kick and scores a goal like as the clock expires basically um, and then it goes over time and no one scores but that one just as far as pure excitement was pretty high up there um, you know Cibola you, the game itself wasn't too crazy like it wasn't like that but when Cibola um won their their playoff game i mean that was that was still a pretty exciting game it was it was pretty close throughout and they got kind of the the big penalty kick sapola's go-to and i remember writing kind of my my story about claudio and his like that it's you know it's a tactic it's not just you know luck that it happens that way um so that, that was a fun one um can't think of other sports i'm trying to think basketball yeah i mean san luis cibola boys basketball was uh the first one that san luis won that was probably um 
probably I'll I'll even say that was the best that was the best game I saw in the uh, winter sports season, which is soccer. Soccer. I feel like last year for soccer was so good and we had so many yeah. good games that this year the games and I mean I saw Emmanuel Fuentes and Kofa score in the last minute to be Gila Ridge, but the game itself it, it, it wasn't necessarily. I, so yeah, I mean San San Luis. That first win over Cebola, which was their first time in school history, beating them in boys basketball, and I think San Luis was down by nine, entering the fourth quarter, and Cebola went ice cold. They didn't score the first seven fifty nine of the fourth quarter. They hit a meaningless three at the at the buzzer, pretty much, for their only points of the fourth quarter, and that was that was pretty that was pretty wild, um, just because. San Luis fans like storm the court and stuff. Yeah, and was, I mean they were. Yeah, yeah they're a good them, basketball crowd too. Yeah, they. Uh, I remember was, that when I, I covered them once. So that was, that was that was that was that was probably the best game that that I saw this winter. I didn't know they stormed the court. That's cool. Yeah, I mean they, <laughs> I don't think we ever yeah, no. had that here. Yeah, I mean like I said, there wasn't there wasn't too many of them, but they they definitely understood the significance of it, and it was just to see. Uh, those St. Louis kids probably never expected that they would beat Cebola, and so yeah. that was that was that was a fun one. Actually, I take that back. Gila Ridge had like a very minor court storm after they beat Cebola. <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't categorize it as anything interesting, but they did kind of do that. Yeah. Um, do you have any other uh, winter sports questions? Yeah, I mean, what uh, besides what? Who, who would you say, I guess, what maybe a few of the teams that had the best winter sports season, I guess, like who, I mean, we already mentioned San Luis boys basketball, but just just a few of the other ones to I highlight. Mean, I yeah, mean, I mean UMA Catholic boys soccer, soccer yeah. that's, that's, I mean, that's the yeah, biggest, three in a row. the biggest takeaway. I mean, that, 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 that's pretty crazy. I mean, we, we've, we've never necessarily given them the respect that we give the the bigger schools just because they play um that's at such a lower level and they're they have so much talent whereas maybe some of the other human catholic sports they're they're fine in that level mm-hmm. but human catholic boys soccer feels like they're they're so much always more talented than the teams yeah. that they're playing but this year we didn't think that would be the case and they lost to lake havasu which our coach, I mean, he's, he's said that was straight up an embarrassing loss. Um, I mean, teams from here don't lose to Lake Havasu, and I think we we both basically wrote them off yeah, at that point. Yeah, no, I mean, definitely. I, I, I do the I do the little daily schedule that, that I send when we, when we make our schedule, and I put I put the uh, you know when the state championship games are and when the semifinal games are and. Hey, we'll probably be doing a story or covering this on this day, and I didn't think that we would be covering human Catholic boys soccer and the semis and the championship. I thought they would be, if not in the first round, yeah. losing the quarters and to, yeah, and they to, were like the nine seed. Yeah, they were the, but to to win state three times in a row with, I mean, I think they only had three returning starters this year. I think that that we we maybe didn't give them the credit that they deserved the past two years, but this year. I'm just, I'll say that's that was that was impressive. And yeah, I mean, there's yeah, they, 
Invincible, girls, girls soccer was another one that I thought had a had a better season. Mm-hmm. Than yeah. They made state, I think, for the first time in in six years. Mm-hmm. And they um, they beat Kofa to win the the sub region. Yeah, beat Kofa to win the sub region. And uh, obviously, we've already talked about Healer Ridge girls basketball ending Sabola's Sabola's reign. Yeah, and Healer Ridge boys basketball. Yeah. Went undefeated too. Yeah, it was kind of um, a lot of firsts, a lot of a lot of reigns were ended and um kind of new team stepped up so yeah, yeah pretty much across the board except for wrestling basically yeah yeah basically across the board because girls soccer it's always been kofa and Zabola kind of stepped up this year and yeah one other team i mentioned would be umahai wrestling um which i know they're in they're in d3 which is you know two divisions lower than Zabola and kofa are at but you know they still got second it was still you know, a team that I mean, for the most part, they're they're on level with with Kofa. Uh, they beat Kofa twice out of four times in the last two years, um, and you know, Kofa finished eighth in D one. So I certainly don't think they don't deserve that finish because um, because yeah, they, that was that was pretty cool for them. And it's just you know, Umahai kind of in the same boat as San Luis that just hasn't had as much success lately in sports as as Spol and Kofa and Gila Ridge have so that's always it's always nice to see and they got a state champ and it was a, a pretty emotional moment and so that was that's another team I wanted to wanted to mention yeah so it was a uh, it was it was good it was a it was a fun fun winter sports season so yeah blew by quick all right let's do a little spring sports and then we'll get out of here um I was going to make you ask me questions about baseball because I usually am asking you about, you know, kind of all those non-major sports, you know, the girls' basketball, um, trying to think of what, <laughs> track, cross-country, those kind of things. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm, I'm the baseball expert here, so I thought I'd, I'd see if you had any questions because I think you're going you're gonna to definitely cover more baseball this year than you had since I got here and basically mm-hmm. – kind of hogged it to myself or well, I guess you let so me so I'll put you on the spot right right off the bat what's your uh, what's your uh, preseason rankings of the in-town teams the well, public school teams yeah yeah we'll, we'll, we'll say the public school teams um, so we're, we're I guess we've had a week sample size yeah and I've so seen, seen a few. everyone except for St. Louis but that doesn't matter because yeah St. Louis is definitely one I know they they actually lost the Kofa nine to one today. I wasn't there. I don't know who. Non AA game though. Non so, yeah, non AA. Yeah. But yeah, no, St. Louis is definitely one. They have basically everyone except for two guys back. They have their three best pitchers back. Um, and yeah, I mean their their two pitchers are the best two pitchers in the area. So I mean their number two would be probably the number one on on every other team. Yeah. So they're they're number one. Kofa is definitely number two. I think those those two are pretty well established for me. And then I think just as far as kind of the difference between those two and the rest, um, you know, I saw I saw Healer Ridge and Swole play. Healer Ridge won. I mean, three I to think, two, right? Yeah, three to two. Swole um, had the bases or Swole had the bases loaded, right? In the last yes, inning, yeah. only because of an error. But I guess that doesn't necessarily mean anything less because if you're gonna make an error then that's you know that's still at the fault of the team so they're i mean they're really close i would probably still lean toward cibola um 
number one, their best player is, is injured right now, and he, he ended up coming in as a defensive replacement. And then in that last inning, it was kind of cool because he ended up coming up, uh, J.J. Martinez. But uh, Heel Ridge walked him, not intentionally, but they were kind of pitching around him. Um, so I would say Cibola, but it's, it's really close between those two right now. I think just as far as pitching, like, no one between those two teams has kind of stood out, but I think Cibola's guys might project better for the rest of the season. So I would say Cibola three, Heatheridge four, and then, yeah, Yuma High. It's, they're, they're five right now. I mean, it might not be as steep a drop-off just because they have some pretty – they have some solid returning players like Daniel Ariola, Ulysses Bustillas, Alex Guerra, but, I mean, they've – They've lost pretty bad in every game they've played so far, so I'm gonna say they're they're definitely number five right now. So last year, I think we had counting all the eight area schools, I think seven baseball teams made state. <laughs> it was everyone except for Antelope. So right. I'm gonna put you on the spot. How many make state this year? So 24 getting in in 6A, then 16 in in the other three divisions. So. Um. I mean, at most it'll be two at six A. I would probably guess it would just be one. But, really? Even though there's only like forty teams in six A and twenty. Well, okay. Maybe. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah I mean, I guess same as soccer. Like, yeah, because like girls soccer, like Kofa and Cibola both. Yeah, made it's it. Kofa and Cibola both. Made um, it. Yeah. Okay. I I would probably say San Luis and Kofa would both make it then. Which yeah, I guess with twenty four teams, that definitely changes it a lot. Um, I yeah, I would be shocked if San Luis didn't make it. I really think this is. The perfect setup for them to move to 6A when I think yeah. in, in other years, I mean, they were at D2, which was the 5A level, and they competed, but you know, I think Gila Ridge was really the only team to make a run kind of in that last era of, of them being in D2. So, yeah, yeah well, it sounds say, like St. Louis has a chance to, you think they have a chance to, to get a high C. I mean, kind of like, yeah. kind of like the boys' soccer teams, it's not a yeah. question of are they going to get into the 24, it's how high can they get seated, and yeah, how good no, I think so. Get. I mean, I think. Unlike the soccer teams, though, I think they'll get much more knock for their schedule. Schedule, that's true. That's uh, true. Because, you know, the other teams aren't at the yeah. level. You know, playing Gila Ridge in soccer was, yeah. like, a pretty big benefit. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see see where their schedules come right. out. Um, so then, I mean, Yuma Catholic's going to make state for sure. Um, I would probably think Gila Ridge should make state at 4A. I don't know exactly what 4A baseball looks like, but I would I would guess that they could. I mean, that's it's 16 at that level. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess they were the 24 seed in D3, which is basically 4A. So maybe not, but so I would guess them, and then I, I don't I don't know. <laughs> I did see San Pascal play, but I know it'll beat him. So yeah. yeah, that was that was a uh, yeah eight run seventh inning. So okay, well I would say I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out four. I think I'll basically do a Healerich slash San Pascal for that last spot. But yeah, I would I would throw out four. I think two of the six. Hey, Anilov's off to a three and start. That's true. That's true. And I don't. I mean, I still don't know what. Yeah. I will say, though, I, I have to say, because 
like my first or second week here, I went and covered antelope in San Pascal, and I knew nothing about them or really nothing about what I was doing yet. And it was it was not not a great baseball game, um, and I I was just yeah like just fundamentally wasn't there. This year, miles better, and it was their first game. I was I was kind of stunned. I mean, just in terms of like being able to do what you're supposed to do, being able to throw strikes, being able to field the ball. Um, that was uh, they, they were definitely better than they were two years ago. So I'll say that. Yeah. On the on the Gila Ridge, now I just did some real quick research because obviously the way to get in for them is when they're when they're region. Mm-hmm. And Yunker went three and fifteen last year, so okay. they're out. Obviously, we're assuming that they're going to be Mahai. Yeah. Um, so the Foothills went nine and nine. They were in Division three. They actually it appears they played Kofa in their first. Oh, that's right. That was six, a close six to one. Oh, six to six one. That's their so, second game. Was close. So we'll say Gila Ridge should beat them. So I think. I think it's gonna come down to the Buckeye. Okay. Buckeye went fourteen and four last year in in Division Four. Um, they reached either the quarterfinals or the semifinals um, of the Division Four tournament. Okay. So it looks like they so they're Ridge probably one of the favorites then yeah. to win the region. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, and then just the other thing with baseball is gonna be so interesting is the pitch count thing. Like it's oh yeah, that's because yeah, because like I I wrote my massive preview, but. Like, the scheduling, they're doing series, which is super cool. And actually, like, the the PIL teams in Oregon used to do that. If you, you remember those teams, all the president schools, Wilson. Mm-hmm. and Yeah, they, they did that. They did a series since they were close enough to do it. So that's pretty exciting. But it also means it's going to just create all kinds of chaos because if you just think about it, I mean, each team's going to have, besides, you know, San Luis probably, each team's going to have maybe one or two pitchers they trust for those big games. And, you know, they're going to have to throw out just some arms just for the sake of getting innings done. It's going to create a whole lot of chaos, especially if, like, that last San Luis Kofa game decides the subregion and they've already both thrown their top two guys, you know. It's going to be kind of weird or maybe anticlimactic. To, yeah. to do it that way but then again maybe if that were the case they would save their aces for that game but who knows yeah it's the the my one thought on that is uh it's really too bad that they made it series which is awesome and then the region championship is still one game i know it's, i know and i actually wrote about that for my my first take this week and how it's would it really have been that hard to find a way to make it a three-game series I mean, yeah i know that well, because you travel do. and whatnot, and just if you just look at all these these teams' schedules, and they're traveling all the time anyway. Yeah. If you remove two of those games and play a Tucson team instead, like I it, know, it, uh, yeah, I just I really wish they did a round robin with the Tucson schools. Yeah, because like when when I played, like when we had, it was kind of the same deal. It was you know we had two schools um, from Eugene, and then there were four schools from down south that were kind of like the same distance as Yuma to Tucson but they would do it was three games against each and it would be you would play a Tuesday night game and then a Saturday doubleheader mm-hmm. so you wouldn't have to you know travel twice to somewhere so I mean really when it's three teams I mean at most you'd be traveling twice basically to Tucson but yeah it's, it's uh, it'll be really interesting yeah we gotta find out if those games are here or not yeah, 
I do well, they've not done know. all the boys sports have been in Tucson this year, so football is here. That's right, yeah. And I guess those were sports that had a boys and girls version, but I guess baseball and softball could be that. But yeah. anyway, well, um, hopefully it won't matter for San Luis though um, yeah. if they're the one that win or of Copa. I mean, kind of like boys soccer where it was just kind of proceeding. Um, yeah. Whereas for football and basketball, it's literally been win or go home. <laughs> and I'm guessing for baseball, it probably will not be win or right. go home. But All right. Um, any other any other spring notes before we head out of here? Track, softball, tennis, anything come to mind? Um, yeah, I mean, I'll kind of... Um, Sabol softball win today, do we know? Yeah, 11, yeah. 11 to 1. Okay. Um, my uh, softball... Softball looks like it's probably going to be Sabola and, and everybody else again, like yep. it was, it was last year. Um, but yeah, it's it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to to see see what happens. I think it's a lot very similar to to baseball in that Sabola will we'll probably get in, I'm guessing, and you know maybe Kofa as, as a second team, but. Uh, and Yuma Catholic, I know, returns just about everybody, and they made the quarterfinals last year um, in softball, and so I think they'll be they'll be good. But yeah, I think it's um, I don't think there'll be as much drama in softball as there will be in baseball and um, tennis. Sabola uh, boy, boys tennis um, is far and away the best boys tennis team, so I don't think yeah. there'll be much boys tennis drama. Um, girls tennis, I don't really know how on earth it's going right. to play out. Either Ridge has Casey been the best Willard, the past couple of years, but Casey Willard not not playing tennis this year. Um, and they lost Kylie Willard, too, so two of their top three. So I don't know, girls' tennis might be interesting. And track, um, Gila Ridge girls, Gila Ridge, Gila Ridge boys and girls track should be should be fun to watch. I know Hannah Weller and Mia Corners and Claire Haynes for Gila Ridge girls track all did really well last year. And, I think, I think we'll have a few state title contenders in, in track, but yeah, that about, about rounds up the, the other spring sports to watch. But. Okay. Well, that's our show. Um, you can find us on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on Twitter at Umasun Sports, and on umasun.com. Also, our all region articles are coming out starting tomorrow or today if you're listening i'll just say friday uh with wrestling saturday is gonna be girls soccer sunday boys soccer monday girls basketball and tuesday boys basketball so you can find those on umason.com or in our print version thank you for listening